0: Welcome to
1: Harrimanology,
0: the official podcast to keep up with Harriman City.
1: We'll take you inside the city, explore the latest news and updates, show you how your government operates, and discuss the issues that affect us all. Now, here are your hosts talking all things Harriman on Harrimanology. Harrimanology is back. Yes, there's been a little bit of a break. We've had a a lot going on this summer, and one thing we'll talk about today, but I'm John LaFollette, Communications Manager for Harriman City. Joined, as always, by Assistant City Manager, Tammy Moody. Tammy, how Hello are you doing? there.
0: I'm doing good. How are you?
1: Oh, I'm so good. Summer's good. It's not over yet. I'm in denial.
0: That's right. Me too.
1: Fall is is still very much alive. Um, I, wow. Summer is very much alive. We're not in fall yet. <laughs> we
0: are not in fall yet. Do not make it fall any sooner than it needs to be. However, once school begins, it is kind of that cue that fall is just around the corner.
1: Yep. Um... We have a school-related topic we want to talk about today, and to help us out, we've brought in uh, City Engineer Jonathan Bowers. Hello there. And uh, good morning, afternoon, whatever time it is. (laughs) Um, And Brian Weidmer, Commander Brian Weidmer of the Harriman Police Department. How are you doing, Brian? Good. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me today. One thing that the city and the police department, the schools, collaborate on every year for every school is safe walking routes. Now, what are safe? We know what. Safe walk route means literally, but what are safe walk routes if they're all capitalized? What what, what does that term mean in the context of schools and things like that?
2: Well, that's a good question, John. I, and it might be a good idea to kind of start off and just kind of talk about the process and what how how it comes about. We, the the safe walk route is sesh, essentially initiated by the school district, and um, they essentially steward that process. Um, and each individual school um, also has a community council with the principal. They work together and they kind of talk through the issues. And then the principal uh, approaches HPD and, and Harriman City Engineering. And then we work on determining what that is. Um, we memorialize it in, in a nice cool little document, send it back. And that is the designated uh, safe walk route.
0: So who are all the parties that participate in the process of creating that safe walk route? And, and, you know, where do the guidelines come from?
2: Yeah, good question. So um, the signers essentially on that is HPD, uh, Harriman City Engineering Department, Uh, myself typically. You have the Jordan School District and the principal. And that principal signs on behalf of the school as well as the community council.
1: Does that change for public versus private schools, or is that the same group of people?
2: Yeah, same group of people, um, and, and for the, the charter schools, although, you know, Harriman City, or excuse me, the, the district in most cases takes the lead, uh, Harriman City has been taking the lead on some of the charter schools, um, but yes, the signers are essentially all the same.
0: And who sets the standards for what determines a safe route?
2: Good question, Tammy. So, um, safe walk routes. As we go through that, the, the there's a, a manual called the Manual of Uniform Traffic Control Devices put out by. Um, it's a, it's a national standard essentially, and we call it as the MUTCD. We love our government acronyms. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> and that is essentially utilized not even just for safe walk routes, but that tells you what striping that looks like. That's it tells you what. Uh, signs look like, that's traffic signals. All things traffic is in the MUTCD. Uh, Utah State came out with a supplemental volume specific to safe walk routes and pedestrians that we follow, and it explains what would warrant a crossing guard, what warrants a crosswalk, what warrants um, these particular improvements. And so we have to follow those guidelines as we come up with these safe walk routes.
3: And I think I would say too that, as drivers, we, f- it, you know, we're used to seeing things a certain way, and so when they're uniform, it helps us to recognize, you know, we're going into a school zone, yep. or we're coming up on an intersection, or yep. there could be a crosswalk or a pedestrian. So, that's a, that's a good
2: point because I would say that again, it's in the name of the manual of uniform traffic, uh, or oh, that M-U-T-C-D, MUTCD, excuse me, is it's uniform. And so, people without having to use their brains, they understand I'm coming into a school zone and they just see it. And because they're all uniform and we follow these warrants, people are actually
3: somewhat conditioned to know hey, I, I know what to look for. So, anyway, good point. And I, I also think it's important to add that, um, that those engineers and, and, and the researchers that put that together have recognized that as drivers, there can be too much input right? And that's one right. of the issues we run into with the crosswalks. Oftentimes parents will say, we need you know, a 20 mile an hour sign and a flashing light and a crosswalk sign and crosswalk lights. And at <laughs> some point, drivers can't process all yeah. of that. So the, the uniform traffic control guidelines help us to not overdo it, to do what people recognize, yeah. best safety. Yeah. When
2: we sometimes call that the uh, sign pollution. And sometimes we get distracted and don't know where to focus our attention. And uh, might actually, it sounds you know well. It might offset the safety we're trying to create. So, yeah. one thing Tammy, you had asked was uh, specific to um, uh, safe walk routes. I did I did fail to mention something there that's probably important. Safe walk routes are uh, specific to elementary schools, and I wanted to make that distinction. Um, although you know we we have crosswalks and we have. Um, walkways throughout the city in many locations including and for high school and middle school we do not have a designated safe walk route for uh middle school and high school but rather only for elementary schools um and it's and it's intended to route the the students from their home to the school and so that's that's also a, an, an important distinction, I think, for a safe walk route.
1: Yeah, I was going to say what the purpose was of the safe walk routes. How far out from the school does that go? How, how much area do you consider when you're talking about a safe walk route? What kinds of roads are, are going into consideration?
2: Well, that's a good question, John. And we essentially have to take the boundary of that elementary school, and we have to have a designated walk route from the furthest resident within that boundary to the elementary school and a lot of things are taken into consideration uh, as we as we create these walk routes and in, in, in often cases i shouldn't say often in many cases they might be counterintuitive um uh, so i guess i would say a handful of things and i won't hit on all of them necessarily but you might take a look at the speed um the traffic volume you're going to take a look at flow patterns um, you're going to take a look at lighting. There's a handful of things that we take into consideration when we uh, identify, hey, this is the safe walk route. Um, a hand, uh, some, another item might be um, counterintuitive is that a mid-block crossing, a mid-block crossing is a crossing that's not at a controlled intersection or an intersection. Um, controlled meaning by sign, by light? By sign by. or by traffic signals. Mm-hmm. Thanks, John, yeah. And so we we actually intentionally, it is more safe to have uh, crossings at controlled intersections and to stay away from mid-block crossings. Um, so as a result of that, the safe walk route isn't always convenient, um, but rather it is safe. And so although you can take routes that are not designated by the safe walk route, we always recommend that you do, and it is the designated safe walk route. You know, we we do care about convenience because I think we we're not naive to, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted the straight line from where I live right to the elementary school. And that makes sense. And so we're not naive to that. Um, however, that may not necessarily be um, the biggest part of the equation. You know, the biggest part of the equation is getting them there safely. And it is not necessarily convenient. They might have to walk a little bit longer to get uh, a, through uh, the safe walk route as opposed to you know, their straight line in their minds where they want to go. Um, and and there's also another good distinction there that, you know, the intent is to get, again, we're kind of repeating this a little bit, but is to get them from their home to the school. The safe walk route is intended, and that is the purpose of the safe walk route. Um, we are aware and do know that there are some popular drop offs where parents might like to drop off their kids to go to elementary school. But the intention, again, for the safe walk route is not to get them from that drop off
1: point, but rather from their home to the elementary school. So where do crossing guards come into play with with the safe walk routes and these these crossings and where basically where are crossing guards considered in all this? Perfect. No, that's an excellent question.
2: And Brian, again, um, uh, definitely chime in as you uh, see me cutting off the stray here. But I think that what's important to understand is that a crossing guard, uh, and according to these guidelines that we've discussed with MUTCD, there are very specific warrants um, as far as pedestrian traffic that is uh, necessitated for a crossing guard to be located. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't have a crossing you can have a crossing, um, but it may not necessarily be attended by a crossing guard. And I think
3: another point to make um, is that the crossing guards are part of that safe walking route. So they're specific to. So we don't randomly place crossing guards, but we develop safe walking route with our team, with our partners, the school district and the schools. And then the crossing guards are assigned along that route as, as needed. That's a good distinction, Brian. It doesn't
2: necessarily mean that they, you're not, we wouldn't place a crossing guard, and that's one of the warrants, right? It has to be on the actual located safe walk route. They wouldn't be located outside of that.
3: Good right. point. Good and point. I think as we talk about our team and how these are put together, it's uh, important to say that if members of the community want to be involved in that process through their schools, community council, they can have input. And so the community council doesn't necessarily meet with our team, our, our committee, as, as we're building safe walking routes, but they do, through their school administration, through the principal, they have a chance to voice their concerns, to make sure that, uh, that we're aware of, of any issues
1: that we may have missed. So it's, it's an opportunity for input. Yep. So they should, if people have concerns, two questions for me, what time of the year is probably best to, to voice those concerns? And should they then be going to the school first before any of the other parties involved? That's an excellent question.
2: If I can, I'm going to back up just a little bit about the process with the safe walk route. We memorialize that safe walk route prior to the beginning of the school year, but there is always a given allowance to modify that safe walk route at any time mm-hmm. um, throughout the school year. So I guess my answer could be Anytime there is a concern I guess um, that uh, at that moment you have that concern you can bring that forward too and I would say the per- first place would be to that school community council where they would go there and they would express that concern um, and you're and they're also all, also can reach out to the engineering department at engineering at
3: dot org and we can properly channel those as well so okay and they can also talk to the police department if they have concerns and we can communicate those forward but i i um that process starts really as i remember seeing plans to be signed in february right for the following year so it's it's quite a process
0: so once the safe walk routes are put in place where does the community go to find these safe walk routes where are they posted
2: great great question each elementary school um, in my understanding, within Harriman City, most of them actually have them on their websites, and that's where they should be housed. However, I, uh, on our website, we also have a spot where they can go and they can see where these safe walk rats uh, are for each schools within Harriman City.
3: I, I, yes. I would add, if I could, that those crossing guards that serve our community are are out there um, doing their best to look after our kids so please be respectful of them. Uh, We had a crossing guard at our crossing guard training talk about complaints and phone calls and texts that they got about a safe walking route and they really have no control over that. They're filling an an assignment so um,
1: be kind to our crossing guards. They do a great job for us. We love them. And they work under the purview of the police department. That's correct. So they're trained very specifically on the crossing guard duty under the the purview of the police department. yeah
3: that's correct they're part of the the police department
0: great well and i think it's important to note that you know safety is first and foremost for our residents and we're always looking out for safety and i think that you know safe walk routes are created for a reason and a lot of thought goes into them it's not just something that ends up being pulled out of a hat it looks like you put a lot of effort into this you work Um, with each other, you work with the schools, um, and you really put a lot of thought into making sure that that the routes are safe. Um, And I do like that that word that you used, uniform, um, because I know that sometimes when I'm dropping my kids off or when we're walking them to school and I'm thinking, well, why can't we just go right there? Um, Obviously, because that would be cutting across a path of traffic that is not uniform. I don't think that cars would Necessarily be expecting that, and that's why we have to walk all the way up yep. to the intersection oh, good point. and go around. So, so I appreciate that explanation.
1: Yeah. One more time, if they want to reach out, where do they go? Uh, so, the, there's the school. So, every school is going to be different. But if they want to reach out to the engineering department or PD, what are the place, best places to go for that? Yeah, engineering at org for the engineering
3: department, and they can you can grab a police officer in the community and, and voice your concern or come into the police department or on the police department and the city website, there's actually a button you can push to lodge traffic concerns. So there, and, and also our non-emergency number, you can give us a call.
1: Yep. Uh, that website for the police specifically is hairmanpd.org. and that'll take you right to the police page. Or you can go to harman.org and just search police. It'll all take you to the same spot. Thank you very much for joining us today. This is a good conversation. School's starting. I'm denying that fall is happening because I like my summer. But, <laughs> good but I do co-
0: enjoy the kids being back in school. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we do.
1: Thank you so much, Jonathan and Brian, for joining us. You bet. Thanks, Thanks for having you. us. Thank you. This is great. Uh, we will switch gears here and talk about what's going on right now. You may have heard of the Olympia development. Hopefully you have. We've sent out a lot of information trying to help you, the residents, be informed and involved throughout this process. We'll talk about what's coming up next. Listen up and get ready to mark that calendar. Yeah, every day it's something new. Here's what's coming up in the next few weeks in Heronite. The Olympia development is one of the biggest projects in the city going on this year. Um, and if you're new to this, a quick recap is the. We've also discussed it in depth on a previous episode of Harrimanology. You can go back and listen. But uh, Cliff Notes' version is the Olympia development is entitled in Salt Lake County land outside of and west of Harriman city boundaries. And over the last many months, the city has been working with a developer to discuss potential annexation. Um, and figuring out what the development might look like if it is annexed or absorbed into Harriman City boundaries. And if you're unfamiliar with annexation, basically, uh, the developer can ask the city to be absorbed into its boundaries, and the boundaries of the city change. Um, The city can approve or deny that through a a process. You can read about the whole thing um, on Harriman.org slash Olympiahills. On that website, you will see uh master plan drafts um, a draft master to development agreement um summaries and minutes from work group meetings and city council meetings relating to olympia basically anything olympia that has happened this year will be on that website um a timeline of how annexation works um once again slash olympia hills you can also go and, and submit your comment on there it is not too late to have your your voice heard Uh, We've, as a city, we've uh, solicited feedback from residents um, through neighborhood meetings, through this comment form. Uh, A public hearing is still open through next week, uh, September 22nd. So this podcast is being recorded on Thursday, September 16th. Last night was a special city council work meeting to discuss the Master to Development Agreement, or MDA for short. Um. Next week will be the regularly scheduled general city council meeting. So just the regular one on the calendar. You can go and make your voice heard at the public hearing for Olympia. The public hearing has been open for the last few city council meetings and it's anticipated to close after this meeting. Um, That is because on Wednesday, September 29th, the city council has scheduled a special general meeting to make a decision on annexation and potentially a decision on the master development agreement and really everything Olympia. So a quick recap, last night, September 15th, was a special work meeting to talk about the MDA. It's one of many meetings that have happened about uh, Olympia. You can find all those summaries on that website. Next week, the 22nd, will be a general meeting, agenda item, and a public hearing, continued public hearing for Olympia. The 29th, is expected to be decision day for the annexation and potentially everything else. So that's what's going on with the Olympia development. Uh, if you have any questions, once again, go to harriman.org slash olympiahills. You can email olympiaproject at harriman.org. Uh, there's a feedback form. You can email your city council member. There are a lot of ways to give feedback, and it is not too late. Elsewhere in the city... Monday, September 20th uh, is a big day. There are few events going on, so every Monday through the summer and early fall is the Hungry Harriman food truck roundup and the farmer's market that both take place at Crane Park uh, right next to the city hall. Those start at 5. The food trucks go to 8.30. The farmer's market is scheduled to go through 9. This week on the 20th, there are two additional events um, the the health and safety bash, uh, which focuses on emergency preparedness, on physical and mental health, basically anything kind of health related. It's a big fair for that. So, the police department's going to be there. The fire department's going to be there. The health department, uh, including a vaccination clinic for those who wish to be vaccinated for COVID nineteen. Um, you'll have local businesses that are kind of health related that will have booths there. It'll, it'll, be really neat. Um, so that's on the 20th from five to 8 PM. And as if that wasn't enough, there is an open house at the same place at Crane Park. There'll be a booth outside for the mountain Ridge area park. So the mountain Ridge development is just west, excuse me, just south of the mountain view village shopping center um, just east of mountain view corridor next to mountain ridge high school kind of in that area right now it's a bunch of dirt so this how this open house is going to present conceptual designs um, and allow you to give your thoughts and feedback on the park um, you can get a jump start on that open house by going to harem.org slash mountain ridge park where those designs are already published. There's a feedback form on there, and you can go to the open house, or you can submit a comment uh, on that page as well, and that'll go to to city staff. So Monday, September 20th, you have Hungry Harriman, the Farmer's Market, the Health and Safety Bash, and the Mountain Ridge Park open house. A lot going on. The next thing to be putting on your calendar is starting September 23rd, going through the 25th, and then the following Monday and the 27th, is the Children and Youth Theater. So there are two shows going on. For the children, it is Jungle Book Junior. That starts at 6 p.m. each of those nights, the 23rd, 24th, 25th, and 27th, just skipping the Sunday, at 6 p.m. at Butterfield Park, the big Rosecrest Pavilion. And at 8 o'clock, those same nights, will be Into the Woods Junior being put on by youth, ages 13 through 17. Jungle Book is ages 7 through 12. So go to Harriman.org slash arts council if you'd like to get tickets for that. Additionally, one more item to put on your calendar in coming weeks, a very popular event we're excited for is the Harriman Howell Halloween event uh, taking place Monday, October 11th. So a couple weeks before Halloween. So make sure to get that on your calendar. Make sure you don't miss it. That'll happen at at Crane Park right next to the City Hall, same place it always is, from 6 to 8, same time as it usually is. That is all for today's episode of Harrimanology. Thank you for listening. Uh, Appreciate your patience as we had a mini-week space between the last episode and now. We try to do it about twice a month. Uh, Sometimes we're going to do a little more than that, sometimes a little less, but that's what we shoot for. Thank you for listening. Uh, Please subscribe. Let your uh, other Harriman friends know about this, and let us know what you think. Once again, I'm John LaFollette, communications manager for the city, joined as always by Tammy Moody, assistant city manager and public information officer. We were joined earlier by city engineer Jonathan Bowers and commander Brian Weidmer from the Harriman Police Department to talk about safe walk routes. Big thanks to them. And thanks to you for listening to Harrimanology. We'll catch you next time.